so we're all familiar with the concept of um, that somebody can be mighty somebody else with a bracha. That I could say a bracha and fulfill, um, discharge your obligation to say that bracha. Now, the, let's start with bruchas and mitzvahs. That's the most simple one. So there's different categories of mitzvah of brachas. One of the categories, the two which we're going to discuss today, are bruchas and mitzvahs, a bracha that you say on a mitzvah, which usually is baruch atah Hashem, some Hashem kedushanam of tzivano, whatever it is, l'neich tefillin on the tilas yadayim, on the tilas lulav, likreis ahalel, whatever it is. That's a bracha for mitzvah, and you have bruchas hanenin which is the bracha that you make on something that you're going to derive pleasure from. For the most part, it's food. There's also the bracha on smelling things, which is also bruchas hananin. Okay. Sons, not daughters. What? Yeah. <laughs> that, no, that's bruchas hashvach. Yeah. Um, I actually, just last night, uh, while I was searching something for this, I found an article about that, which I forwarded to myself. To, it seems like he had an interesting addition to what we spoke about. Anyway. Um, so, bruchas mitzvahs. So when somebody, so 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 what's the problem? How how is it that I could be might see you um, with a birchas mitzvahs? I've already. Uh, let's think of an example. Um, I um, I've already put on tefillin. Yeah, this sometimes on this time this is relevant. I've already put on tefillin. I'm not putting on tefillin now, but I'm putting on tefillin with you now. If you know how to say your own bracha on tefillin, then it's better that you do it yourself. But if you don't know how to, which is often the case in Miftayim, so then there's a din that I could say the bracha for him. And he's Yoytza for my bracha. Now, practically speaking, when you put on tefillin with someone Miftayim, it's like a judgment call. Sometimes you might prefer that to sort of say the bracha with him word for word um, as an educational thing. Uh, let him let him learn the bracha. Let him feel that he's done. You know, it makes him feel special to say it himself, whatever it is. But at least in theory, and sometimes even practically, depending on the circumstances. So you say the bracha for him. Now, how does that make sense? How could I say, Baruch Ato Hashem, who has sanctified us with His commandments and commanded us to put on tefillin? I've already put on tefillin. I've done the mitzvah already. I'm not putting. I'm not doing it again now, right? You take another example on a Tila Sulaf, where once you've done the mitzvah, it's done. Tfilin technically could put on twice in the same day, yeah? But, um, right? So the answer is that there's something called Arvas. Kol Yisrael Arevim All the Jewish people are responsible for each other. So my obligation to put on Tfilin has two facets. Number one, I have to put on Tfilin. And number two, I have to see to it that every other Jew puts on Tfilin. So, so long as there's a Jew who has not yet put on Tfilin, I have not completely discharged my obligation to put on tefillin, and therefore it's appropriate for me to say that Hashem has commanded us to put on tefillin. That's, uh, I'll just read to you a quote um, from the translation of the Alter Rebbe Shulchan Aruch. In the case of Birch Samitzvah, one who is no longer obligated in the mitzvah because he has already fulfilled his obligation, um, can recite the blessing for another person who has not yet fulfilled his obligation and who does not know how to recite the blessing. For example, one may recite Kiddush on Shabbos and Yom Tif for women and unlearned people. Um, the, ra- the rationale is... No, the, 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 okay, I, the, the, no, but uh, he references things. The, the reference to women and unlearned people, well, first of all, 
Again, we're not going to get into the thing about women being unlearned. That was the fact in those days, yeah, for the most part. Um, but the idea is because we're talking about somebody who's already made Kiddush themselves. So if, I've a re- if I'm saying the bracha for myself, I couldn't do it to somebody else as well. But if I've already said it for myself and I'm only saying it for somebody else, yeah, then you're only supposed to do it if they can't do it themselves. Right? Again, <laughs> or if there's a reason not to. For example, the, the minach here is like on Halal and Rishchidosh, the chazan says the bracha on everybody's behalf. Well, that's different because he's also saying it for himself. Sorry, scratch that. Um, right? But... Like some people feed a baby. Some people have the custom to say the bracha when they're feeding. Okay, but that's different because there's somebody on the Bar Mitzvah, there's a... Uh, uh, ah. And that's Bichanen, that's a whole okay, different sorry, subject. Sorry. Yeah, no, no. But, um, but um, by the way... Okay, one second. The rationale is that all Israel are responsible for each other, call Israel with regard to mitzvahs that are obligatory. Hence, even a person who has fulfilled his personal obligation is still considered as obligated in the matter, since his fellow Jew has not yet fulfilled his obligation. Right? Um, now, with regard... Okay. So that's how the mechanism... Of, by the way, for the sources, this is in chapter 167, section 23. Okay. So... That's how the mechanism works. Now, that, in order for that to work, I have to be actually obligated in the mitzvah. So, for example, a woman would not be able to say the bracha on tefillin for another man who's putting on tefillin because she's not obligated in the mitzvah of tefillin. I am obligated in the mitzvah of tefillin. It just happens to be that I've already done that mitzvah today and I'm not doing it again right now. But because of this principle of kol therefore, I would... Um, I, I, I can't be mighty. I, I can discharge somebody else's obligation. Now, what about when it comes to Birch Sananin? When it comes to Birch Sananin, um, when it comes to Birch Sananin, to brachas of uh, benefits, yeah, with regards to Birch Sananin, by contrast, even though they are obligatory for one who derives benefits, right, it's not an option. It's not like you could eat an apple and you could choose to say a bracha. You have to say berapriyates, right? Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, it's th- this concept of arva. So, so what's in other words, the Rebbe is sort of preempting a question over here. If you say that it's obligatory, if you're eating an apple, you have to say berapriyates, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so now that it's obligatory, so there's the, the concept of arva should kick in, and that I'm responsible for you to fulfill your obligation, right? Just like. Just like I'm responsible for you to put on tefillin, I'm responsible for you to say Bari Priya before you bite into an apple. So he says, no. Nevertheless, he has the option of not deriving benefit and not being obligated to recite the blessing. You're choosing to impose this obligation on yourself by choosing to indulge in the apple. So that's, that, then it's no longer my responsibility. Mm-hmm. Therefore, another person who has not personally derived benefit is not considered as obliga- obligated in the recitation of the blessing that this per- other person must recite and the food of which he seeks to derive benefit. Okay? So, Bamela, if I'm not eating an apple, th- th- so let's go step by step. If I'm not eating an apple, right, I cannot say, Bayupriya eats for you, even if you don't know how to read. Right? If, you, if you're putting on the phone and you don't know how to say the bracha, then I could say it for you, even if, right? Um, But if for birchas ananim, that doesn't work. Okay. Now, what if I am eating an apple? What if I am, if I am eating the food? So instead of me saying berry prates and you saying berry prates, is it legitimate for me to say berry prates on everybody's behalf? So here we have a principle that says that 
the one who's benefiting has to make the bracha. What's the, the whole, what's the concept of brich sananin is, whether you say it's praising or blessing or thanking, but it's some sort of showing appreciation for, to Hashem for providing this food to us. And therefore, I, I, should, I, I, I should eat and you should say thank you for me. That's not very polite, right? So there's a concept that the person who's deriving the benefit, they themselves should, should say the bracha. But there is a mechanism that makes it work. And this is a halacha which is not very well known. And I'll confess that before I prepared this class, I, I don't think I knew this halacha. I mean, I knew this Mishnah, but I never knew how it sort of is, is applicable, manifest in practical halacha. The Mishnah says like this. It's a Mishnah in the sixth parak of Brochus, Tafman Beza Medalef. In the middle of the Mishnah it says, Hoyo Yoishvin, if they were sitting, if they were sitting, Everybody should say their own bracha. If they were reclining, one person says the bracha to all of them. What's the difference between sitting and reclining? In those days, the normative way to sort of set yourself up for a meal is by was by reclining, like we do on. I mean, like we um, uh, how do you call it? Uh, imitate, I guess. On Pesach, right? But the real, the original way to do it was they had the couch, and everybody had a personal table in front of them. It was like a whole, there was no bunch of people sitting around the same table. Everybody had their own table and their own recliner, and that's how they ate. Um, but so, what the Mishnah is saying is that if you're just sitting down, which in today's terms that would just be like you're walking around grabbing a snack, then you then everybody has to say their own bracha. But if yeah, you know, now we're sitting down for supper and everybody's sitting down on the couch with a the table, then that creates a unit of we are all one unit having um, and then one person can say the bracha for all of them. Now in the Gemara there's a, there's a whole discussion about different scenarios but the, the, the halacha changes a little bit because of the, the practices of eating versus of sitting versus reclining and the halacha is like this that um, that um, that uh, that in order to, to to discharge somebody else's obligation for brichas and for bracha and food, two requirements have to be met. Number one, of course, that you um, that, that that I'm also eating, right? Like we said before, and number two, that we all have to be sitting down, right? Now, if I'm making a bracha for myself, I'm having a cup of water, so then I'm allowed to stand and say the bracha standing up. I think that there's a minhag of chassidim, pious Jews, to always sit down when you say a bracha on food, even if you're not saying it for anybody else. Even for yourself, you have a drink of water, you sit down and say the bracha. That's how I believe pious Jews behave. But at least al pihalacha, if you're just making a bracha on a glass of water, there's no reason to sit down for it. But if you're making a bracha for somebody else as well, then you have to sit down. So let me read that to you again from a section of the Nebuchadnezzar again I'll just read straight in the translation from the beginning of Simon Rashi's Gimel chapter 213 this is Allah yeah. and, and I don't know if everybody but Al Rebbe Paskins that's even B'dyeved that means if, if we were standing for the bracha then even B'dyeved you weren't yoked to the bracha you have to sit down to be, in order to discharge somebody else's obligation with Berich Sadenin you have to sit down now there's raising eyebrows. It's not so common in our practice today that we do that. Besides Kiddush and Lecha Mishnah and whatever, which we're going to get to, but in just regular uh, sort of day-to-day life, usually we all say our own brachas. We don't eat a bracha from somebody else. (laughs) 
So first he brings the whole thing the way it was originally when the, when when it was the norm to recline, etc. And then he says like this: in the present era, when it is not at all um, common to eat while reclining, there is no difference between bread and wine and other foods and beverages. When people, yeah, that's referencing what I said before. When people do not sit down together in a common setting, one may not recite a blessing on behalf of another person for any food. And conversely, when people do sit together, one may do so for bread and wine as well. Okay, so don't, don't get too carried away with the difference between food and bread and wine, because that relates to what the part that we skipped. Um, the above applies provided that all the people sat at one table, or around one tablecloth without a table, and partook of foods or drinks that one usually sits down to partake of at a fixed setting with a tablecloth. With regard to food and beverages which one sits down to partake in a fixed setting even without a tablecloth, e.g. wine and the like, like just something like a snack which you don't necessarily set the table for, such a setting is established when people sit next to each other on benches or on chairs, but not when they sit separately dispersed in a room, one here and one there. So. If I want to be married to you in the bracha, we have to sit down next to each other. Right? Okay. For food. Yes. Now, uh, how, wh- wh- why does... Wh- what's, what's the rationale behind this? So, there's another... Uh, the Alter Rebbe says that sitting together... There's a lotion here... Um, it sort of creates a single unit, right? In other words, the principle is that the one who benefits is supposed to make the bracha, but if we're sitting together, then it's we are benefiting as one. And I didn't see this anywhere explicitly, but I think a good example of that is later on in the same Mishnah, it says that um, that means uh, it used to be customary that after the meal, like uh, some sort of dessert, they would bring some sort of fragrance, smelling thing that people would smell, and that was sort of the, the closing scene or whatever. Yeah, that's a, right. So there it says, there was whatever the bracha was on the smelling, but I mean, there was whatever there, w- but it wasn't something that they passed around everyone to sniff. It, was, it seems like it was something that brought into the room. Um, it, it's something that brought a smell into the room, right? So there it says. Um, that one person would make the bracha for all of them. So, why by the... Uh, this is my own interpretation. I, I'm not 100% sure of this. Um, but why... Maybe it's in Tresfus. Why when it comes to the mugma to this... Oh. Right, so Tresfus brings it from the Yerushalmi. Yeah? That um, that uh, that that when it comes to mugmar, the reason why one person makes the bracha for all of them is because they are all benefiting together simultaneously. It's you bring in the smell, and everyone goes mechaya, yeah. So because it's one simultaneous benefit, so therefore one person makes the bracha for all of them. So I'm suggesting, I think this is I think this is the pshat that the reason why. If, the, if we're all, if we decide to sit down together to have our food, that makes it one unit and is in some way comparable to the smell, and therefore one person can make a bracha for everybody. Yes? So, if I can do the bracha over challah for everyone at the beginning of the meal, why can't I do um, bircha? Um, the, uh, why can't I bench for everyone after the meal? So, benching for everyone after the meal... First of all, the, 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 your assumption that you can make the bracha on challah for everyone is also an assumption, which uh, there's truth to it, but we'll, we'll get to that. Um, but um, 
But with regards to benching, so the reason, so so strictly speaking, um, certainly if there's a mezuman, um you can um, you can bench for everybody. One person can bench lots for everybody, but it's the practice not to do that um, because it's difficult or unlikely that all the listeners will be successful in paying attention to every single word that you say without their thoughts drifting off, and therefore better that they say the bracha themselves. If there's no mezuman, or, um, for example, if it's not even benching, sometimes it's just bari nefasha, so ala michya, etc. So then it's like this. The Rebbe says, I'll just read it to you from the... Yeah, I'll read to you section 2, the whole se- the same simon, section 213, see base, number 2. I'll read you the whole thing in English and you'll have the answer. All of the above applies with regard to the blessing before eating, when the group's intent is to join together and establish a common setting to eat and drink together. Hence, they're coming together in such a, jo- a setting um, joins them as one, causing them to be considered as a single unit and one, one blessing suffices for all of them. With regard to a blessing after eating, by contrast, since the members of the group have already eaten and they are in the process of separating from each other, they are no longer joined together as a single unit. Accordingly, each of them should individually recite a blessing for the, satis- for the f- satisfaction he personally received. Our sage's statement, one person should recite a blessing on behalf of all, applies with regard to a meal of bread over which grace is recited and not to blessings recited after partaking of other foods. So when it comes to benching, and he doesn't say it here, but elsewhere it explains if there's a Muslim, right? For those blessings are not as important as grace, whose importance is demonstrated by the fact that an invitation for one person to recite the blessing for the group is issued beforehand. Rabbi Samivelan Benchen, right? So originally the Muslim was Rabbi Samivelan Benchen, Havlon Venivrech, whatever the Rabbi Samivarech, whatever it is. And that was a statement where, okay, let's all join together. Because, again, benching, the Bracha Achreina has an intrinsic downside. That you, the, the nature of benching is that we're finishing and dispersing this common setting right now. So in order to, to, to counter that, we precede the benching with a statement. Let's all get together and bench. And then the next stage is that one person benches on everybody's behalf. Right? Again, in practice, we don't do that nowadays because... Uh, 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 right. In theory, look... If you're sitting around the table with people who don't know how to bench, who are not going to bench properly, who are not, or sometimes you're around women, the table. Women and children. Right. <laughs> um, or or sometimes even if you have English benches around the table and you have people who are not familiar, even if they'll, they'll read it, most times people who, didn't, who don't have the training, so to speak, are not going to be verbalizing the words. People who are not religious don't have that thing that you, they read. They read with their eyes, right? So at least in theory, it would make sense for, for you to bench loud and be and be most everybody else in practice it doesn't usually work that way it doesn't you know but uh, anyway but listen to the end of this nevertheless after the fact if one person recited a blessing like Bernafashis after eating, or Alamichya, Alagofen, whatever, with the intent of fulfilling the obligation of the others who listened, and they had the intent in mind, so you're not supposed to do that, but for the event, if you did it, they fulfilled their obligation with his blessing provided that they sat down in a common setting that is effective in joining them together as a single unit for the initial blessing. Hold on. So it seems like they have to be sitting down. Even for Bracha Achreina, they have to be sitting down in order to be So That's interesting.
I'm not sure if it means that they have to be sitting down now or that originally when they started eating it's not clear here to me if it means why that, that one second why wouldn't it one, be hold on you need to unitize no, that's what it's And it's not clear to me if they have to actually be so sitting for the... Okay, well, it has a reference here for me to look that up. Hold a second. Moreover, if one member of the grandfather does not know how to recite the blessing, he should even, as an initial preference, right? This, I think this might be what you're addressing. Sometimes you have guests who are not, <coughs> don't know how to say, Burin of Russia, so on a Michal. Right? So then, even Lachatchila, you should fulfill his obligation by listening to the blessing of another person with whom he established a common setting. Right? Again, with whom you established a common setting. It's not... I'll look back a second. And then he says like this. Nowadays, when people at large are extremely careless regarding the blessing after eating, the above guidelines should be followed even the chatechila. In other words, we said that it only works with the Evet, but nowadays that people are careless, are, are careless about benching, about bracha achreina, do that even the chatechila. I.e. one person should recite those blessings aloud with the intent of fulfilling the obligation of all those who hear him, even though they know how to recite these blessings themselves. Now, just bear with me a moment. I want to look up for Benji? It, it does seem to be saying that um, that they have to be sitting down for benching also for bracha chreid. In other words, if I want to be moitzah burn a fashion, somebody else doesn't know how to say alamichah, and I want to say it loud, then it seems that we both have to be sitting down. And then he says that that even if they didn't sit down together, the primarily we hold that like the first opinion that that if they were standing, then even the Again, um, it's not one hundred percent explicit that in order for this to work, they have to be sitting for the bracha but they do have to be sitting for. The be- for the eating, the reason why this this is so thing to me is because because often in, here it doesn't it's not so much, but in some shuls by the kiddush after davening, it's more standing around walking around, right? So what happens? So is that co- so everyone's coming into that room to eat together, but for whatever reason, the style is that people don't sit down. There's no, no room for chairs, whatever it is. Yeah, I don't know. I've been once to the kiddush in Yeshua. That's what it's like, and it's very common. Yeah. So in such a thing, is that would that be considered that it's not a common setting for a bracha? Because they're not sitting down. And do they at least have to... Is that Kiddush and lunch time? Uh, yes, but I'm not, I'm not talking about the actual bracha of Kiddush yet. I'm going to get there. Right now I'm just talking about a bracha of for example. 
Um, oh, so somebody could go at the end and say a bracha chrona for everybody. Everybody's right. standing and walking around. Right. Does that work? That's probably very common. Exactly. That's why it's disturbing to me that it's not clear. <laughs> Okay, I'll get back to that. But, okay. Now. Where was I? Okay. So. Okay, so now the question is, what about Kiddush? Kiddush and Havdala. So Kiddush is a Birchus HaMetzvah. Asher Kiddush Onam HaMetzvah Yisrael Sabonu V'Shabbos Kod Shebiyavu O'an Yom Tev Asher Kiddush Bochar Bonu Mikolam It's a Birchus HaMetzvah, yeah? In fact, when we when we started the class today, the example, the, the example that the Alter Rebbe gave a Birchus HaMetzvah was Kiddush. So, Kiddush and Mitzvah. But, Kiddush also has a Bari Pri HaGofen in it. So, Bari Pri HaGofen is Bari Chesanenim. So, so, um, so what about that? So, at, let, let, let's, I will talk about Havdalah because that's the example that Jesus gives. Imagine, <coughs> I'm saying Havdalah. And everybody's going to have dollar for me. And then you want to have a drink of wine. So it's actually in the Chabad custom is it says in Rishima specifically that people sh- I think if I recall correctly, that people should not drink the leftover wine of Avdallah. I think it says except for Yim Kippur or something. Especially women that get grow beards. Yeah. But but uh, some uh, some men don't like to grow beards either. <laughs> 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 but uh, um, but um, but uh, yeah. But, but but so 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 you heard Havdalah from me, and I said Havdalah standing. So the, the Birchsa Mitzvah element of it, you were Yotzev from me. But what about the Birchsa Nenin? You want to drink a wine, or or you want to smell Besamim. You pass around the Besamim, right? Pass around the Besamim, and, and, uh, and you want to sm- everyone smells Besamim. But I, Birmingham Besamim is Birchsa Nenin, right? And I said the Bracha standing. So, 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 yeah. So, how does that? So, what's the deal with that? So, Tosis addresses this. Tosis says like this. Um, after he talks about what to do when your wife has a baby boy, he says, "Tzarichiyunktas may have dollar." Mishanam of the Limo Imden. Our custom is to say have dollar standing up. He doesn't talk about the psalm that I just threw in. He talks about the wine. How could we exempt each other with the bracha of wine? If I would sit down from Malcolm Malka and want to drink wine, we're not. We're standing up. We're not sitting and not reclining. The fact that we are making a kvias, we're sort of getting together to make havdalah. In other words, when it comes, I have to add in some words here, and I, I'm acknowledging that there's probably nuanced, different ways of understanding the Torah. But somehow Torah is saying that because the Havdala we got together for Havdala, right, that also helps for the for the whole bracha. Right, 
and and therefore, even though I'm standing up, it's considered a kvias. Even though I'm standing up, that's considered a, a kvias. How do you say uh, creating a common setting? And therefore, it's okay. It's interesting that the chabad minhag is that even though when you drink wine in the sukkah, you don't say leishiv b'sukkah, but for havdala we do, because havdala m- m- makes the makes the the wine the wine chasher. Yeah, stamaz in sukkahs you have to drink wine every day of sukkahs. Yeah, it's mitzvah of You don't say leishiv b'sukkah on drinking wine unless you're also having bread or mazonos or whatever. Yeah, but. Uh, but for Havdalah, we say Leishu Basu. Based on that Tosos? No, no, no. It's just, I'm just mentioning Because that Tosos, you can read two different ways. So, Lechayr, there's two way, ways to read it. One way to read it is, uh, the, tell me if this is what you had in mind. One way to read the Tosos is that the fact that we're doing Havdalah cre- cre- together creates a Cheshivas, creates a common setting. And therefore, even though we're standing, and the normative rule is that standing doesn't help, yeah, you, uh, that I can't be much you have if I'm standing, but here we're talking standing, but we created a common setting. We're making havdalah together, so that's good enough. Another way of understanding the Tosos is that no, that because I mean you have to re- it's sort of more in between the lines than explicit, but that because this hagofen is not a regular hagofen, it's um, it's sort of joined on to havdalah. So this bayer hagofen now assumes the status of a birchas mitzvah. And therefore, I don't need to sit. You know, just like I could say the bracha on halal and discharge your obligation, even though I'm standing. So this bracha, even though it's it's a bracha sananin, it's what allows me to drink the wine, but it assumes the status of a bracha samitzvah because it's part of it's it's become part of the havdalah, but part of the havdalah ceremony. Yeah. Now, I think that the pshat. Whilst again, I didn't learn all the mafarshim and the tosfos, and I'm. Um, uh, I think that both are legitimate, perhaps, ways of understanding the Torahs. But I think that the halacha, we pass like the second way. Now, the pshat is that it becomes Berchus Why do I think that? Because the Alter Rebbe says explicitly um, that there's all sorts of scenarios. If the guys are riding, on, if they're traveling together and riding on donkeys, and they have to stop the donkeys, and then one person could say the Berchus to everyone. But the Alter Rebbe, in that whole discussion, the Alter Rebbe says clearly that even if I said, come everyone together, let's all have a snack together, and let's all eat the thing, if we're standing, it doesn't help. You have to be sitting down. Even if, even if, there's, a, if there's an explicit statement that, that is designed to create a common setting, it doesn't work if they're not sitting down. So, I see Steve, you're looking puzzled. Isn't well, uh, okay. So, more confusion. So, we, 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 we say, the person leaving, leading Hadallah, or, or whether it's Kiddush on Friday night, they say the blessing... So, l- one second. So, let me suggest that if, if the question isn't addressed in the next 15, 20 minutes, then ask. Okay? So... It's just that Okay. So, then Tosius continues. Something you said is the girl we discussed. So, then Tosius... Con- exactly. So, then Tosius yeah. says, for the kach, therefore, it's very good, the person making Avdallah, and also the people listening to Avdallah, you should sit down. Yeah? Because then it looks like it's a common setting. And so Toysus says two things. Toysus says that even if they're not sitting down, it works because the Hagofen is somehow becomes part of this common setting. But it's better for everybody to sit down. Now. Wait, it's better. Oh, that's the... That's the end, the, that's the end of Toysus. The end of Toysus. That's now, better. It's better sit to down for Hagofen. Now, the same... Toysus doesn't explicitly talk... Um, about Kiddush, right? But 
And let's talk about Kiddush Friday night, because Kiddush Friday night is exactly the same thing. You have a Birch Mitzvah, and you, which is the, the bracha of Kiddush Asher Kiddush Olam Mitzvah and you have, okay, the first part of Yom HaShishi, that's just added verses, that's not essentially integrally part of the Kiddush. But before that, you have Birch Priyagofen, which is a Birch and that L'Chayra is the same thing. That, on the, that it would work if you say it's standing up, because the Birch Priyagofen is becomes part of this unit of Kiddush, and that's okay, but it would be betterer to, <laughs> that's just because I'm in Rabbi Epstein's rule, um, to, um, to, to sit down. What does it say in Shulchan Aruch for Kiddush? Um, I'm looking on the wrong sermon. It's Reish Ein Aleph, maybe? So it's similar to Reishayin Aleph and Jochen Aruch, um, I think. Hold on, here we go. Yeah. Okay. The, so the Mechaber says, the Shulchan Aruch says, Mekadosh ala kois malayayin, you have to make Kiddush on a cup full of wine, shalai apogom, muton kom ashatolom kois, shalbir chasarbozim, the cup of Kiddush requires everything that the cup of benching requires, which we discussed a couple months ago, you have to be, it's to be washed out and clean, you say the, the paragraph of Ayichulu, you say standing up, why do you say the Pasuk of Yom HaShishu standing up, because it's, like we're saying, testimony that Hashem created the world, so testimony has to be um, delivered standing up, that's what the Shulchan Aruch says. Then the Ramah, who is the authority for Ashkenaz, as we just read in the Torah yesterday afternoon, of Nei Yisrael Yitzim B'Yad Ramah, which was coined to the play on the words, that Yitzim B'Yad Ramah, that we, we follow the rulings of the Ramah. He says, You can stand, you, if you, you're allowed to, you can stand for Kiddush, it's better to sit. Why can you stand but it's better to sit? That's exactly the Stoicus, right? The B.R. Gross uh, says, yeah, what's the resource for this? He references the Stoicus. You can stand. Why can you stand? Because the Hagofen becomes part of the thing. But it's better to sit. And then there are more says, It's customary to sit even when you say the first paragraph of Ayachulu. Um, right? Um, the, the, you sit for the whole thing, and just for the first four words, you raise up a little bit, because those four words spell the acronym of Yud And therefore, for those few words, um, it's respectful to stand up, and when you start, you should look at the candles. Okay. Now, this is indeed more or less the minhag of most Ashkenazim. Most, most Ashkenazim sit for Kiddush on Friday night in accordance with this Ramah, based on this Taisus, that the Yosef Tev Leishev, it's better to sit, right? Um, there's different customs even amongst Ashkenazim as to what to do for Vayichulu. The Ramah says to sit. The Ramah says that the custom is to sit, but I believe most Ashkenazim, Ari, I think this is your minute, that you stand for the whole of Vayichulu, not just for the first four words. And then after Vayichulu, before Savi Maranan, everyone sits down and you say Be'i Priyagof and Kiddush. The Minhag of the Sfardim and the Chassidim, 
is to stand for Kiddush on Friday night. Now, it's interesting that it seems a bit backwards because, Ari, you could tell me, but if I'm not mistaken, even those Ashkenazim who sit for Kiddush stand for Havdalah. Right? You stand for Havdalah, no? <laughs> I've certainly seen you make Havdalah standing. Yeah, I shouldn't. Uh-huh. My so father didn't do that. But your father sits for Havdalah. Your father's half Friday. My, my father sits also for all of Kiddush. So, you know, I okay, but uh, what, what have you seen other Ashkenazim doing? Stand. For Havdalah? Yeah. So why, so, so we're standing for, Ashkenazim sit for Kiddush, because the Ramah says it's better to do that based on the Tosfos, but the original is about Havdalah, and most Ashkenazim stand for Havdalah. So that seems to be a little bit of a discrepancy, which I'm not sure why, how that came to be in the minute of Ashkenazim. I th- I, but I think there's more to this sugya, it's, uh, the whole question of Kiddush and Makam Suda and Eidus. So Eidos is only to do with Varichulu, not with the second half. Right, but some will say, once you're starting with Eidos, you might as well stand the whole time. And others say, well, once you're doing it, Kiddush HaMakam Sudas, you should be sitting, you should be sitting the whole time. I don't know that Kiddush HaMakam Sudas is connected with the sitting for Kiddush. I don't, maybe, but I don't so know. But <coughs> it certainly has nothing to do with Havdalah. The truth is, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll tell you what, I just, I just thought of a reason why. It could be that the reason why they stand for Havdalah is because common practice today is that people are not yet to the Brach of Havdalah. Nobody drinks wine after Havdalah. Tanisus is talking about a scenario where after Havdalah everybody sits down and drinks wine and has a meal or whatever, right? But nowadays that's not the norm. People are not going around drinking wine after Havdalah. And, um, and right? So it could be that's why even Ashkenazim who sit for Kiddush for this reason Right? The Ramah doesn't say, say the reason. Havdala, the Havdalah might also be a Kiddush, therefore it's Eidus. And, no, 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 and, no, no, no. And but this, this, this is, I showed you the sources. Yeah, it could be there's other sources, yeah, but this okay. is the Biagra. It's before Shira, It's based in this place. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, now, some now. So, so the question is, when you make Kiddush on Friday night, and let's say our minig is the minig of Chassidim to say it's standing up. So I make Kiddush, and then we pass around the wine. Right. Now. So everybody drinks wine. Now, there's no obligation for everybody to drink wine. It's a, uh, I think the Russian is it's a, it's, a, it's a nice thing for everybody to, to partake in the wine. Yeah. So do those people say their own bracha hagafen or not? How do you do in your house? Does your wife say her own hagafen or she hears it from you? She hears it from me. Anybody? You hears it? She hears it from you. Um, that's how I believe, I mean, I always make Kiddush myself, but I believe the minag is... Uh, the common practice, at least in the Chabad, is that the the thing um, that people the, they don't say their own hagafen, but certainly the meaning by many other chassidim is that everybody does say their own hagafen, right? And I actually just I, I was reading uh, last night. I was I looked up something, and I found uh, fr- somebody says in the name of uh, what's his name. Um, uh, Gansberg, who you, he was one of the sort of attend- attendees in the Rebbe's house. He was the shamash. He would set things up, and he was there. So he says that he used to, that when the Rebbe made kiddush on Friday night, the Rebbeson did say her own prayer But anyway, those who have that minhag, those chassidim, which many chassidim have that minhag, perhaps the pshat in that minhag is that because we say kiddush standing for whatever reason, we want to say kiddush standing. So therefore. She, the, whoever the women, whoever's listening, is Yotze Kiddush. But as far as the Birch Sananin element, they want to say they were very Priyagafen. Also, and this is my own assumption here, so uh, this time, uh, uh, possibly, that the reason why, that when we hear Havdalah <coughs> on, on Matzah Shabbos, so we talk not Yotze Hagafen, because nobody drinks wine afterwards, but 
What, there's two other brachas there, which is Birch Sanenin, and which I forget where there's a lashon somewhere that's sort of a quasi Birch Sanenin. Yeah? You're making a bracha over the fire, but it, over the benefit that you could see with the fire, and it's customary to, to look at your nails, but, uh, but, uh, but, 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 but it's not a regular Birch Sanenin. It's not like any time you look at fire, you make the bracha, it's sort of a quasi Birch Sanenin. So, do all the people listening to Havdallah say their own or do they yotzer from the person? So different people do different things. Personally, I always say my own and my own even if I'm not making avdala. And again, I doubt I made this up myself. I probably saw other people doing it, and perhaps this is the reason that because the person saying avdala is standing, therefore it makes sense to, to make your own bracha. Just a possible suggestion. Now, what about uh, another thought which I've always I've always thought might be connected to this whole sugya is the custom that we have. Under the chuppah, under the chuppah, the sheva brachas, right? Which, um, uh, right? We say we say sheva brachas. Now, the custom today is it's not a halacha. This is just a custom to make more fanfare and excitement around the chuppah. That you call up different people to say the sheva brachas, right? You could have one person saying all seven of them. It's not uh, um, right. So, the first of the sheva brachas is. Right? The second one is Now, usually, not always, and as time goes on and we become more into making sure everybody gets honors and inventing new honors and whatever it is, so we need to be chaskainim and somebody else's honor to hold the pole and another one's honor to put the glass under the chasen's foot, so we need to make more honors. So often it's split up into seven honors of seven brachas. But traditionally, the seven brachas are split into six honors. And the first person who gets called up first is usually honored, so-and-so is honored with the first two brachas. And he gets up and he holds the cup and he says, Why? So, yours truly suggests, take it or leave it, that this is similar to that of Kiddush and Havdalah. It's part of Birch it's part of the Sheva brachas. Even though Sheva Brachas are not really Birch Samitzis, it's Birch Sashvach, but it's, it's not Birch Sanenin, yeah? And it's even more emphasized under the Chuppah when the normative practice, and again, some briskers have a different, uh, you know, but the normal practice is that the person who's baking the Birch Sanenin doesn't even taste the wine. Only the Chasen and Kala taste the wine. Right? Some, uh, if you've seen uh, the briskers, have a thing that the person, you know, the wine spills and the person who said the Bracha will lick their fingers to, to have some to say the Bari on something, but there's a letter from the Rebbe, I think, where the Rebbe says not to do that, and that all the Minhagim of the Chuppah are very exact, and, and you shouldn't uh, be might silas to say that the way we do it is no good, yeah? But why should that be the case? What, so I'm, I'm thinking that perhaps the reason why the Minhag became to that the f- that one person gets the first two brachas is to emphasize that this is not a regular Bari and this is a Bari Samitzvah type of Bari So we, or, 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 or not a Bari Chasanen and Dika Bari Again, a suggestion. Okay. Now... And therefore, not, every, not everyone has to be sitting. Right, therefore they say standing up also, right, exactly. Now... Let's move on to Kiddush of Shabbos Day. So... Kiddush of Shabbos Day... Kiddush of Shabbos Day... 
What's Kiddush Hashabbos there all about? It's just, you say, I mean, we, it's customary to say some psukim before, but that's not, uh, that's not, you know, th- th- that's just thing. The Kiddush is to say Be'er Pe'er That's what Kiddush is. Have him on Be'er Pe'er Gofen, yeah? Um, so, by the way, uh, I'm going to jump ahead. I don't even know a clear answer to this. Okay, I'll, I won't jump ahead. I'll say it when I get there. So, what's the what's the idea of making Kiddush on Shabbos Day? So, first of all, let me read you from the Ran from Sachim, where he explains what it's all about. So the Gemara talks here about how do you know you make Kiddush by day. So the answer is like this. Um, yeah, Kiddush by day is only the Rabbonon, and that's why yeah, Kiddush by night is the Raisa. The Raisa, there's no mitzvah to say it over a cup of wine, but there is a mitzvah the Raisa to sanctify Shabbos when it comes in, to say some sanctification. The Chachamim de- uh, designed the text of the bracha, and that it should be said over a cup of wine, etc. But by day, he says it's completely the Rabbonon. Um, so it says, the Kiddush Deiraisa is only by night. But, why do you say Kiddush also by day? Because the mitzvah of honoring, of having a meal, of enjoying Shabbos, is more by night, by day than by night. If a person only has money for one meal, for example, right, only has food for one meal, then you have that meal by day, not by night. Therefore, the Chachamim made a Zeichel Kiddush, sort of it, it, because kid, the Shabbos day meal is more important, so it looks funny. The Shabbos night meal, which is secondary, you start with a whole trask of a Kiddush. And Shabbos day, you just sit down and eat. So in order to make a Zeich the Kiddush, the Chum said, start your meal with a bracha of a cup of wine. And you just need to say and nothing else. There's no bracha of Kiddush, right? If you didn't, by the way, parenthetically, if you didn't make Kiddush Friday night, you could, say, you could, you could compensate by day for whatever reason, yeah? Uh, anytime you have guests who weren't in theory, anytime you have guests Shabbos day who didn't have a Friday night meal, yeah, you could say the whole not Yom Hashishi, but you could, the bracha of Kiddush, you could say the whole day. Yeah. Anyway, another reason because in general it's a principle that whenever we praise Hashem, we say it over a cup of wine. So here we're not praising Hashem; we're just having the cup of wine, but. It, it's sort of a, a way of just having a cup of wine is a way of shadach v'shira of praising and singing to Hashem the kushosah in honor of the sanctity of the day. But because it's only the rabbanon, they decided let's not make a big deal out of it. Just say be pragofen or nothing else. And then he says we call it kedusha rabba. Why is it called kedusha rabba? I actually didn't know this until last night. Uh, why why do we call kedush kedusha rabba? Yeah, you see. The Kiddush of Shabbos Day is called Kiddush Rabba. If you look in the Siddur, I think it's even said, say the Kiddush Rabba. What does Kiddush Rabba mean? The big Kiddush. Yeah? Is the wedding invitations when they invite you to the Ufruf, it says Kiddush Rabba Acharat Villa. Why is it called Kiddush Rabba? So the Ran says that it's Belosh and Sagi Just like you, you refer to a blind person as somebody who could see very well, so this mini Kiddush, we call it the big Kiddush. So it's a way of spinning it in a positive euphemism. Euphemism, exactly. But then you say it's the Iker? 
No, the the, food, the meal is the ikkar, but the kiddush of the ikkar is Friday night, and uh, as a euphemism, we call this the great kiddush. If you look in, in I'm pretty sure if you look in the siddur uh, after Musaf, it says say the kiddush Rabba, right? Um, let's see, let's see how they translate it. In this siddur, oh no, it just says kiddush Shabbos day. It doesn't say kiddush Rabba. Anyway, that's what it's called. It's called Kedusha Rabba. So you're kind of saying it with a wink. Is what yeah, exactly. Um, now, so basically, on Shabbos Day, there's no mitzvah of Kiddush per se, but we make Kiddush anyway to make it to make the day feel good. I'll read this to you also from the English, uh, of the, the way the Alter Rabbi says it, and it's Simon Reish Peitas, 289. Sages ordained that one, uh, 288, no, 289, number 2. Our sages ordained that one should recite Kiddush over wine before the morning meal as one does before the evening meal. If one does not recite Kiddush over wine during the day, the honor shown on Shabbos night would be greater than that shown on Shabbos the day. Nevertheless, the sages did not ordain the recitation of the blessing of Kiddush as recited at night. Instead, it is sufficient to recite the blessing by Piragofen, which is recited over wine, so that a distinction will be made indicating that this Kiddush is only a rabbinic ordinance. Nevertheless, the Kiddush must be also be recited in the place of a meal, and one must not partake of any food before reciting Kiddush, as is true with regard to the Kiddush of night. Okay. Now, <coughs> so, so Kiddush of Shabbos Day is just by Priyadah. So basically, w- w- what is the mitzvah of Kiddush on Shabbos Day? To make a Birchus before the meal. Make a, a bracha. It's not birchasam. You would think it's not birchasam mitzvahs. It's just right now. The briskerov had a chumrah, by the way. That on kiddush of Shabbos day, everybody has to drink wine. On kiddush of Friday night, it says explicitly in Shulchan Aruch that it's a mitzvah. Ev- the, the person making kiddush has to drink a maloy mugmov, has to has to drink a, an amount, a full cheek, yeah. But everybody else. Don't have to drink. It's a mitzvah. I think Lashon is mitzvah. Not mufcher. It's an extra. It's a special mitzvah that everybody should take a sip of the wine. But even if you don't drink the wine, everyone drinks a kiddush. The Briskar Rav said that kiddush on Shabbos day, everybody has to drink the wine. Why? Because if you're not drinking the wine, then what will you yotzer? The, the, the kiddush it, it, it is a berach And if you didn't drink any wine, then then you heard somebody else say berach How does that? How do you become part of that kiddush? Right. So therefore, he said everybody has to drink the wine. Now. By the same token, um, I assume that the Briskarov would have said that you have to say Kiddush of Shabbos Day sitting down if, if somebody else is being out from you. Right? Because then you have to sit down. The Alter Rebbe, sorry? The distinction you're making with sitting down, does that mean when you're saying the bracha or when you're partaking of the wine? No, when you're, you're saying, when you're saying the bracha or when you're listening to the bracha. Uh-huh. Everybody would have to sit down. Right? The Alter Rebbe says in a few places that even the Kiddush of Shabbos day has a status of Birch Samitzvah. Right? Has a status of a Birch Samitzvah. 
And I'll just read you one of the examples. Um, I think it's in Kuf Samachsan, it's the first time the Alpha Rebbe says it. Um, right? We, start, we read part of this thief earlier on. Where, where we started the class, where he says that for Samitzvah, I can say the bracha for somebody else because Kol Yisrael Arivim Zebazem, but not for bracha of. Right. So he says, even on Shabbos, when you're obligated to partake in bread, nevertheless, this obligation is dependent on his deriving benefit from bread. For if one does not derive benefit from eating and fasting brings him pleasure, he's exempt from the obligation to eat. So even though having an apple on Tuesday is not, a, he said that's not an obligation, but having bread on Shabbos is. Never, even having bread on Shabbos is not a strict <coughs> obligation. Right? And by the way, hence, if one does not know how to recite the appropriate blessing, he should also refrain from deriving benefits of the benefits from the right? Bamela, we do not repair responsibility for the person. So I cannot say Hamitzi for you on on Shabbos unless I fulfill the requirements of everybody sitting down. Now, I'll just pause there for a moment. The Chabad custom is a somewhat unique. Well, some many chassidim have this minute, but I think it's stronger in Chabad because it's a letter from the Rebbe, so that sort of boosted this minute that one person says Hamaitzi, but, but everybody makes their own Hamaitzi, right? Everybody makes their own Hamaitzi. I, how could you say Hamaitzi over a slice of challah? You have to say Hamaitzi on Shabbos over Lechemishno, over two whole loaves, right? So the answer is, based on, and this, the, in this letter the Rebbe says that it's based on the Yishal Avram, the Bochacharov, who says that the two are separate, that one mitzvah is to have bread, you know, may I say a bit and piece of bread, and there's another mitzvah that the meal should be based over a bitsia, which I don't even know how to say that in English, but sort of a, a partaking in two whole loaves. So the fact that I said hamoitzi, and that the fact that you heard the uh, the balabas, you heard me say hamoitzi over two loaves of bread, just by hearing me say that, you fulfill your obligation of the chamishna. Right? And that could have even been before you washed, right? So, by the way, personally, I try to do this if the guest, uh, if I, if I'm shy that the guest won't be insulted. There's a problem because you have a lot of people at the table and everyone goes to wash and the value you're waiting three minutes in between when I wash and said hamoitzi, right? So that's not very ideal. You're supposed to wash and say hamoitzi right away. So what I try to do is that I indeed do that. I go and wash and say hamoitzi right away, even while people are still lining up to wash. They hear me say hamoitzi and thereby they're yoitz to their own lechemishnah. The and then when they come, they'll say their own bracha over the slice of challah that I cut for them. That's halachically the better way to do it. You obviously have to be careful not to not to offend people. Now, an even better way to do it would be for everybody to have the own lachemishna. And outside of Chabad, it's much more common practice that they set the table in a way that everybody has two little bulkalach in front of them to say their own lachemishna. But one thing you have to be very careful about is that if you want to, if you're saying Hamaitzi and Lachemishnah, and other people are not going to say their own bracha, they're going to be out to Hamaitzi from you, then you have to make sure that you and everybody else is already sitting down. So then it's very important. If people are lining up to wash, or your, you know, your plate is here and your challah is here, and it's just easier for you to reach over like that, it doesn't work. You have to make sure everybody's sitting down for the bracha of Hamaitzi if, if they're not going to say their own Hamaitzi. Now, then he says... Different law applies concerning all eating and drinking that are obligatory, independent of the person driving benefit. For example, eating matzah on the first night of Pesach, reciting kiddush over wine, whether at night or during the day of Shabbos and Yom Tov. Right? So he says explicitly that even making kiddush at day 
is an obligatory mitzvah, and therefore you can be yotzer even if the other person has already done the mitzvah. He doesn't say it here explicitly concerning standing or sitting, um, but I want, I think he does say it explicitly about standing and sitting also. Let me check. Um, No, it doesn't say it explicitly. He doesn't say explicitly about standing or sitting, but he does say in a couple of places. I just read you one of them. It's also in Hechaz Kiddush. At least in two or three, at least in two, possibly in three places, and possibly more. Well, the Rebbe says that even Kiddush of Shabbos day has a status of Birchas Hamitzvah, and therefore a few. There's a few ramifications. First of all, you don't have to sit. You could even stand. Right. Second of all, not like the briskerov, you don't have to say that everybody's obligated to take a sip of wine, right? Um, right. Now, practically, it's in it. What's the chabad minhag for Shabbos day? Yeah. So it's interesting because the Rebbe. The Rebbe used to say, make Kiddush by the Fabrengans a Shabbos day, sitting down. I think he maybe would like raise a little bit for the bracha, but that's when he made it sitting down. But there's a few caveats to that observation. Number one, I think, I don't know if always or many times, the Rebbe, the Rebbe wasn't really making Kiddush. The Rebbe had already made Kiddush earlier. And for whatever, maybe he said it again in case somebody wanted to be Yotza. And you could, perhaps, there was some element of the Rebbe sitting down in order to be choshish to that shita, to be if there was anyone being yotzer kiddush from the Rebbe, uh, to to be choshish for that shita of sitting down. But I think mo- most important is to point out that it's mustaber that the reason the Rebbe said kiddush sitting down was because he didn't want to um, be matriach. The whole if the Rebbe would stand up for kiddush and everybody would stand up and the Rebbe didn't want to impose. And the reason why I say that is because the Rebbe made kiddush. There's one time in the year that the Rebbe made the night kiddush in public, and that was the night of Simchas and then the Rebbe also said it sitting down. And that's explicit. The Rebbe writes explicitly in Sefer Menhagim that Araminag is to stand for Kiddush of the night. So even though it's explicit that Araminag is to stand for Kiddush of the night, um, the, the Rebbe himself did it sitting down. And Papashtra, in public, and Papashtra's the reason was because he didn't want to impose on everybody to stand up. And therefore, you can't really bring any proof from what the Rebbe did in public with regards to sitting for Kiddush. And according to many testimonies, it seems that the Rebbe, when he made Kiddush in private, on Shabbos day, um, whether it was the Rebbetzin was listening, or even when the Rebbetz, even when he was just making Kiddush for himself, that the Rebbe did say it standing up, did say Kiddush standing up, um, and also Mepiha Shmua, in other words, like, rumor has it, that this is one of the issues which was, there's a few things like this, that was a little bit of a machlekes, so to speak, between the Rebbe's minhag that he saw witnessed by his father, versus what the Friedrich Rebbe said. And often the Rebbe sort of tried to synthesize or to do a bit of both. So apparently the Rebbe's father would say Kiddush by day standing up, but the Friedrich Rebbe would say it sitting down. So perhaps in public the Rebbe did what the Friedrich Rebbe did, but in his personal life, so to speak, he did what his father did. That's a possible explanation. There are other examples of this. For example, Shalom Aleichem and Eshes Chayel, when Shabbos falls on Yom Tov, yeah? So, in Hayyoyim Yoyim it says that when Shabbos falls on Yom Tif, 
you say Shalom Aleichem and Eshoschayel quietly, right? But in the first edition of Hayoyim Yoyim, which was printed in 1946, uh, 1943, 44, the, the, it said that on Shabbos was Yom if you don't say it. And later it was changed to you say it quietly. And I believe that that was also something that the Friedrich Rebbe said not to say it, but the Rebbe's father said that you should say it. And so the Rebbe synthesized and said, say it quietly. Um, so that's possible. So Lemaisa, the, the bottom line is, for Shabbos day, it's our minhag to stand. There's different customs of, sorry, for Shabbos night, it's our explicit minhag to stand, the Chabad minhag. And there's seems to be, even within Chabad, different customs as to whether or not everybody says their own Be'i or not. For Shabbos day, um, there isn't any explicit Chabad minhag, um, and there seems to be different reports, but either way, even if you say Kiddush standing up, um, it's okay, by day, it's okay, because it's the Altar Rebbe says that it's considered Bukhsa Mitzvah, and therefore you can say it standing up, and people can still be Yotza and drink the wine, and if they don't want to, they don't have to drink the wine. There's one other point which it's come up a number of times, and I, I, I don't remember the halacha lamaisa. What happens if I'm in the middle of my meal? If I, Shabbos day, I'm in the middle of my meal. Friday night. Imagine I'm in the middle of my meal Friday night, and someone comes in and they haven't heard Kiddush yet, and they don't know how to make Kiddush themselves. So then, explicitly, I could get up and say Kiddush and say Kiddush for them, and I say Beri Priyagofen because that's part of the Kiddush. What happens Shabbos day? I've made Beri Priyagofen, I have Kiddush, and then I'm in the middle of a meal, and somebody else comes in who needs to hear Kiddush, right? So usually they make Kiddush themselves, but sometimes the person does not to say Kiddush themselves. So can I say Beri Priyagofen again for them? Is it an absolute 100% Birch Mitzvah that even though I've already been yoinsa my Beri Priyagofen, I'm drinking wine, I could say it for them as well? I seem to recall that it is okay, but again, that's a point which I have to double-check. So the bottom line is, there's two points I have to double-check. Number one is, if somebody comes in the middle of the meal, Shabbos day, can I say Kiddush for them again, if they can't do it themselves? And oh, wait, why not? <coughs> because I've already said, we're Right? I'm in the middle of drinking a cup of wine, I should say, we're again? Just for them? Why yeah? Why not? Well, if it was Birch and we for sure would not be allowed to. But it's Birch Samitzvah, but is it so... Birch Anandim you would be if you're sitting, right? No, not if, I'm not, not if I've already said the bracha. For Birch Samitzvah, you need two conditions. I need to be sitting and I need to be making the bracha for myself as well. That's, what, that's the first thing we said, right? And the second thing which I'm not sure about is um, that in order for me to be Moetzi, somebody else with the bracha achreina, with the burn of Fashas, is it absolutely of even by the Eved, that, I, that we have to be sitting down. So those are the two points which I have to double-check. And then I'll report back to you next Isn't Sunday. there a third problem with that? You were already Yodse Midaraisa, and he's on. And, and so you would only no, be that's making. Friday night, that's it. What? You're talking about Friday night. Well, that's solved for women because they do. They do. Uh, they light Shabbos candles, so that's considered. That's a kasha for the guy who's completely not from. Who comes? The the minute is how you do There's a pill pull of I don't know. Yeah, whatever. There's different ways to find for the question. But the mice, that's how the Okay. Anyway, the, the thing.